It's Your Health Radio, a special podcast series presented by Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital. Here's Melanie Cole. Why is it important to stay vigilant and continue to take precautions during this pandemic? And what myths around the COVID-19 pandemic should we be dispelling at this point? Welcome to It's Your Health Radio with Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital. I'm Melanie Cole, and today we're discussing keeping up COVID-19 precautions, the importance of remaining vigilant. Joining me is Dr. Darren Privet. He's an emergency department physician at Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital. Dr. Privet, it's a pleasure to have you on. You are such a great guest. In this unprecedented time, what's the latest information that we know now about COVID-19, because people have a lot of questions about whether it's still living on surfaces, how long it's airborne. What's the latest information that we know? That's a good question. You know, this disease seems to be very, and information seems to be very fluid and changing. Because of that, I think it's really important that we're talking about a very important topic about how essential it is that we remain vigilant and that we continue to stay safe. So, People, first of all, feel like it's going away. You're an emergency room physician. What do you say to them about the fact that it is still here? Are you still seeing cases? What's going on? Well, we have. And, uh, you know, one week it'll be fairly slow. And then the next week we'll have a surge of patients. And so I think that's why it's really important to remind people, especially areas where cases have been high and have spiked, or even in those areas where it's not so much that, it's important that we do stay vigilant and stay safe. I know this has been really exhausting and I understand it's been very challenging for most and for some of us, it's been an extreme hardship. But I think if we look at this and, and realize that we're in this for the long haul and uh, we need to make sure that we can't let up and as long as we continue to utilize these mitigation measures, uh, I think we'll continue to be on top and control the spread and transmission of the disease. And so it's important that we continue to wear a mask, that we maintain proper social distances, and and we make sure that we have good hygiene. Uh, if we do, the fear is that we will see a, a control and decrease of the disease. If we don't, there's definitely, we've seen in areas of the country, there's been a resurgence of the disease. So what have we learned about transmission? Because it seems like people aren't washing down their groceries as much or as worried about surfaces. I know we have to wash our hands. And in the absence of washing our hands, using hand sanitizer. And you mentioned masks as well. But are we learning anything new about how long these droplets linger in the air? Can you walk into one that's floating in the air? And what about surfaces? Do we know anything new about this? We do, and, and I think that's why it's important to focus on social distancing because even though it's tiresome, but it's really important. We we know, like you mentioned, that this disease is largely transmitted by droplets and occasionally aerosols, but the aerosols can't travel very far. And so if we're keeping six feet apart from one another without a mask, we're actually in pretty good shape and limiting disease transmission because it's spread primarily through droplets, and then those droplets are heavy, and then they fall down onto on, on surfaces. And so uh, if, if we can avoid community uh, surfaces, we certainly will decrease our risk of exposure to the disease. Uh, and certainly at home, if we're fairly vigilant at keeping our, our areas clean and limiting 
people, uh, other people touching in our specific individual areas certainly will help control transmission. Um, for instance, when we come in, in, into work, uh, where I sit at my workspace, the first thing I do is I clean my little area because I know that's my own area and I'll be the one touching my own area and I'll be limiting my exposure to potential transmission. So uh, I think if we if we decrease our amount of, of, of touching of, of, of contact, certainly you'll limit your amount of exposure to the disease, will limit our ability to transmit it. And then the, the key is, is, like we talked about, hand sanitizer, just really good hygiene, limiting the amount of touching our face, um, our mucous membranes around our eyes, our nose, and our, and our mouth, but really keeping our hands clean. And that means to make sure that we wash our hands uh, at least 20 seconds. So you want to sing the birthday song to yourself twice. Multiple studies have shown that we really can um, desanitize and, and kill any bacteria or, or viruses on our hands by doing that. And certainly that will definitely be uh, impactful in our ability to limit our exposure and limit transmission. And what do we know about asymptomatic carriers, Dr. Privet? This is a thing that's, I don't know if we understand at this point how long they can carry the virus and be asymptomatic. If they stay home with no contact, how many days should they do that to be considered virus-free? We hear about the 14 days or the two weeks, but if they're asymptomatic, how do we know how long should they, if they do show any symptoms? I'm really confused about the asymptomatic carrier situation. Uh, that's a good question, and because there has been some conflicting information and I think that goes back to just what, how important it is that we need to wear a mask. Of course, as we get closer and interact with one another in social settings, social settings and as economies open up in businesses, we need to wear a mask because they protect ourselves from others. But more importantly, uh, we protect those around us from us spreading the disease because we don't know necessarily if we're asymptomatic. As far as your rate of being contagious, we know that if, if you have a, a mild disease and you test positive for disease, the CDC has recommended that we quarantine ourselves uh, for 10 days. There have been studies that have shown that when you have a fever and, and in the height of your symptoms, you're particularly contagious for five to seven days, and then after that, you're not contagious. Um, and so as far as uh, the risk of asymptomatic, uh, that's really hard to quantify that risk because we don't know who is and who isn't. And that just it goes back to as far as our ability to help control and, and, and limit transmission is, is to wear a mask. I think some of the best information that I've read is, is, is people are scared to go outside because they're afraid to get sick. But actually, that's one of the most important things that we can do. We need to get outside because it's beautiful outside, and the, the disease is very hard to transmit outside. It's, it's highly more effective when you're in a closed space, in a closed area, without good uh, air ventilation and circulation. And more importantly, there's more people are closer together inside where we're on the outside. We have a better chance of being apart from each other and maintaining social distances. And, and, and overall, our overall wellness and our and our mental health will feel more fresh and and will just be feel a lot better if we're, we're able to go outside should we be getting tested dr privet should we try and test everybody should we try and get the antibody test or if we have teenagers as you and i both do 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 we want them to get the antibody test to see if maybe they were an asymptomatic carrier or if they had a very 
you know, low situation, if they actually had the disease, they had the virus, just not really any symptoms, do we get tested? What do you want us to do at this point? You know, from uh, three or four months ago, we, we were we had very strict criteria who we tested and who we didn't test. And I, and I think context is everything. I, I know if you turn on and, on the TV and you watch the news, you kind of can get scared a little bit because you hear uh, a certain number of cases going up in different areas of the country. And, and unless you have context to that, sometimes it's hard to understand what those positive cases really mean. And I would say three months ago, if you had a high number of cases per day, you know, that's fairly scary because we weren't testing as much. But today we are exponentially testing so much more than we have before. Whether you should get tested or not, uh, it really all kind of depends about your personal situation. Um, sometimes these tests are not 100% reliable. So if you don't have any symptoms at all, and some people want to know whether they have it or not, sometimes you can actually get a false positive test which would then require you to go on quarantine, and that might be possible for some, but not possible for others. As far as if you're sick and if you, depending upon your job situation, if you are around other people, it is important then to find out whether you have the disease and so that you can make sure that you will limit the the rate and the risk of transmission. But I think as, as far as um, percentages of, of people, when you look at the, the patient population, for some reason, this particular virus, there's there's definitely as far as risk of, of ages, and uh, it seems that 90% of the virus has affected uh, the age of 55 years and older. Um, and so if you're um, younger than 44, uh, I think that they, as far as the risk of, of those people who have contacted this disease is right around 3%. Uh, in California, from the age of zero to 18, We've only had two deaths, and, and nationwide, we've kind of seen that as well. So there's different ages of, of risk, and, and, and obviously those particular indi- individuals are at high risk depending upon what their uh, what kind of disease processes they have, whether they smoke, whether they have heart disease, diabetes, lung disease, suppressed immune systems that may be compromised. And so definitely if you're in a, a particular high-risk group, you got to make sure that you keep yourself protected, uh, you stay vigilant, and more importantly, you stay safe. Really great information. Before we wrap up, what advice are you giving patients now, or has anything changed about symptoms? If they do start to show symptoms, if they start to cough or they develop a fever, are you advising them to use virtual urgent care as a first line of defense? Do they come to the emergency room? Do they wait it out at home? and see if it gets worse. What do you want people to do that might show up with symptoms? And as we come into flu season, Dr. Privet, we've got kind of this convergence. So what would you like people to know about that and what you want them to do if they start to show up with symptoms? Well, I think it's different for every individual and what access they have to healthcare. You mentioned the whole virtual telemedicine, and that's kind of been a, a, a not a new thing, but definitely we've utilized it a lot more uh, in this pandemic than we had before. And that's definitely a first option for some if they don't have uh, adequate access, because it is hard to get into the doctor's office, it seems, this, in, in these days. Um, so that certainly is an option for some. Um, and if you are feeling sick, depending upon the severity of your symptoms, and if you're having difficulty breathing, um, you're having changes in, in your mental status, you're having a hard time staying hydrated, then definitely you want to you seek uh, some type of medical assistance 
And, and I think it's better to do it in person, especially in our emergency room, most hospitals, most doctor's offices have gone above and beyond to make sure that as a patient, you are safe to come into those offices. You're not going to be uh, exposed to the virus and put at risk. We, we do a very good job of sanitizing the area, keeping it clean. Most uh, all providers are in a mask. Uh, and if we're in and seeing a patient that potentially has a high risk of having COVID, we make sure that we have the proper protective equipment that we're wearing so that we're safe and so that you're safe as well. And so whether you need to go to your doctor's office uh, and or if your symptoms are more severe to come to the emergency room, make sure that you know that uh, it is safe uh, to, to go and see your doctor to seek care. Um, but if, you know, everybody's different. Some people are just too afraid to do uh, and to go outside or to go to go to the hospital, or go see the doctor's office, even though I want to reassure everybody that the emergency room is a safe place to go. Don't delay care. Um, we've 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 are prepared to make sure that you're safe and that we are safe. But if you still just don't feel comfortable with that, then utilize the virtual telemedicine or whatever you can to make sure that you receive the care that you need. Do you have any final thoughts, Dr. Privet? Anything that you would like to leave listeners with about the fact that we really do need to remain vigilant and keep up these COVID-19 pandemic precautions? Give us your wrap-up, please. Well, I would just say, um, kind of just reiterate what you just said. It's really important that we do stay vigilant and, and that we do stay safe and that we are very mindful uh, of our health and protect ourselves. And and I think on, on the flip side, too, is that we have to really make sure that we're looking at uh, our overall wellness, the totality of our health, and we're making sure that our mental health is okay. We've seen a high incidence of depression and anxiety, uh, especially among the younger population. So make sure that we're taking care of ourselves. We're not only trying to protect ourselves from, from COVID, but we're trying to, to live a normal life as best we can. We're trying to do our normal activities the best we can, try to get back into our normal routines and so that we're maintaining proper physical health, but also really good mental health and just make sure that we utilize those, these mitigation measures. We make sure that we maintain and honor social distancing, make sure we, get, we have good hygiene and uh, we wear a mask. Thank you so much, Dr. Privet. You are a great guest as always. Thank you for joining us and giving us some of the updated and latest information on the pandemic. And that concludes this episode of It's Your Health Radio with Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital. If you have concerns about COVID-19, we encourage you to check the Henry Mayo website at henrymayo.com and click on the virus link at the top of the page for more info. Please also remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and all the other Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital podcasts. Until next time, I'm Melanie Cole.